taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test You know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test You know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress Yo, welcome to week four of our sermon series entitled Cash Rules. We are on the fourth rule of cash. Our first rule, our first rule of cash of cash rule series was all money ain't yo money. All money ain't yo money. Some of that money belongs to God. The second one that we did was was stack money. And in that sermon, we talked about the things that we need to do to make sure that we don't aren't giving away our money to unnecessary expenses and to debt and things like that. So we talked about stacking money. And then we went into get money, talking about building wealth and the things that we can do to be intentional about that. And then fourthly and finally this week, as we end off this series, we are talking about give money. That is rule number four, give money. So all money ain't your money. Uh, All money ain't your money. Stack money, get money, and then give money. Those are the four cash rules. If you have missed any of them, go to our YouTube channel. Go to our uh, church's website. You can catch these streams over and over again. You can catch them uh, archived each week on Facebook. Um, You can catch those streams as well. So thank you for joining us, and I'm excited to just jump right into the Word. I want to talk about generosity today. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving us the ability to be generous. Everybody has the ability to be generous. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to us that if there is any selfishness in our heart, if there is any hoarding in our hearts, I pray, God, that you will break that up and that you will give us a generous heart, a new heart that thinks about the need of the other and not simply the needs of ourselves. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That is the word of God for the people of God. Uh, When I was growing up, we had this thing in my neighborhood called no cobs. And what no cobs meant was when you went to the store and came back on the block with a bag of potato chips or potato chips, as we would call them, you had a bag of potato chips, you had some cookies, you had a, a bag full of basically sugar from the candy store. Like when you get back on the block, it was very vital that you said some magic words or else all of your food that you have just come back on the block with could be subject to the plundering of all the other kids in the community or on the block. And that thing that you had to call out was no cobs. No cobs in Chicago meant that this is my food and you cannot ask for any. You are not entitled to any because I have said these words. 
no cobs. If you did not say no cobs and somebody else called cobs on your food before you said no cobs, then by right of nine-year-olds on the block, it was constitutionally mandated that they had access to the food that you had. The reality is I am beginning to think that some of us were traumatized by the cobs and no cobs rule because some of us now are living a no cobs kind of life. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if too many kids in your neighborhood took your flaming hots. I, I don't know if, if in the middle of drinking your quarter juice and enjoying it that somebody called no cobs and you didn't get any more of that quarter juice. I don't know what happened, but for some of you, it seems that you have been traumatized and now you are living a no cobs kind of life. A life that says that everything that I have is for me, mine, 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 and it is for nobody else but me. That everything I have, the money that I earn, that the clothes in my closet, that everything that I possess, it is mine, mine, mine. But let me break the news to you, my brother, my sister, my sibling, that Cobbs is inextricably tied to Christianity. Yeah, when we take communion on the first Sundays, we are in essence claiming cobs on the body and blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And if God has graciously given us all things for salvation and has given us a right to eternity with him, how can we not be gracious in all things with other people when we have received everything from God? Speaking of sharing with others, when we come to the text that I have read in your hearing just a moment ago, we're in a famine. It is dealing with the famine that is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the seed of this young movement called Christianity, and the people who live there are struggling to deal with some of the basic necessities of life. Paul had told the Corinths when he was there before, Paul had told the Corinths about it, the Corinthians about it. He had talked talk to them about the fact that the seat of the young Christian movement, the Jews in Jerusalem were experiencing a famine, the Jewish Christians there. And Paul was saying this would be an awesome opportunity for us as Gentiles to help them or as you as Gentiles to help them. They were all for it. The Bible says that they were eager to help. But the only problem now is that it has been an entire year since they have talked about it, but haven't been about it. And so Paul has essentially gone around now telling other churches during this past year, Paul on his missionary journeys, Paul has gone on to tell other churches that like, yo, the Corinthians are all about it. Like they are ready to help. Um, they have given their pledge. They have talked about like all these big things that they're going to do to help out the, the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, that they are all about it. And Paul has bragged about them everywhere. And then Paul is now on his way back to Corinth. He's got missionaries with him from these other places, right? These other churches. And Paul is like, yo, I better sit down and write this letter because if we show up, and I done collected money from these folks bragging about the Corinthians, and the Corinthians ain't sent that paper yet, and they still don't have the money, I'm going to look bad. I'm going to look like I'm running the con, and then also the Corinthians are going to look bad. So Paul writes to them, and he says to them effectively, don't just talk about it, y'all. I need y'all to be about it. 
I need you to do what you said that you would do. Paul doesn't want to be embarrassed when he gets there, and so he tells them, yo, if you're going to do it, go on and do it. He tells them to prepare the gift that they committed to, but he says that I want you to do it with this one caveat. Only give what you have purposed in your heart. He says, don't let this be out of compulsion. He says, let it be willing because God loves a cheerful giver. He says, and remember that the rules apply from farming. He says in verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If you grew up uh, similar to me, you may have grown up eating sunflower seeds, right? The, the ones that come in the red and white bag, the David sunflower seeds, you take them, you crack them, and some people can just do it all in their mouths without even taking out the seed, right? Like they can do the whole thing, the, the, the cracking and the separating, and can spit out just the whole of it, like just next level type of stuff or the shell of it. Well, one thing about sunflower seeds is, I've never seen anybody take a bag of David's sunflower seeds and eat half of them and then plant the rest. Yeah, nobody ever really plants those, I don't see. Apple seeds are different, though. You see, apple seeds, people eat the apple, and then some people will take those seeds and they will plant those seeds to grow apple trees. There's a distinction between those two. And for a moment, I, I want to talk to my sunflower seed Christians that are listening. Those who have only become accustomed to eating and enjoying their seed, never putting it in, in the ground. Let me challenge you to start not only consuming seed, but to start planting them. And the way you plant seeds is through planting the seeds of generosity by giving to other people. You may not believe this. You may not have recognized this before for some of you, but some of us are living in the shade of the tree that sprung up from somebody's generosity. I believe that I am living in the shade of the tree that sprung up from the seeds of generosity that my mom planted, that my grandmother planted. Things that they did before I even came on this earth, the seeds of generosity that they sowed, I believe that I am living in the shade of that today. I want to talk to you about when you give money, what effectively happens. I, I want to talk to you about several things that happen when you give money for the sake of this sermon, and then I'll get out of y'all way. Um, the first thing that happens when you give money, when you give money, is that God blesses you with more than enough to meet your needs. It's right there in the text. I, I still believe the Bible. I'm progressive. I'm liberal Christian and all that stuff, but I still believe the Bible. Let's look at verse 8. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And watch this, plenty left over to share with others. Here's the principle. When you are a Christian who gives to others, God takes care of you according to others, period, with a T on it. When you are a Christian who gives to others, God takes care of you according to his word. He does that. I don't know the math. Somehow God makes, if I got, um, if I, got uh, I don't know, 50 and, and I give 
three away, like all of a sudden, like 50 or 5,000, right? Like if I give 300 away, like that should mean that I got 4,700. But then somehow like God will make like the rest of the money, he will make that not only spend like 4,700, but somehow the 4,700 spend like it was 5,700. And so I had 5,000, I subtracted 300 from it, but then that 4,700 spent like 5,700. I don't understand God's math. But I can share with you this principle because I have seen it manifest in my life over and over again is that when you put God first with your money by being generous to other people, God always makes sure that you have. Always makes sure that you have. Second principle that I want to talk about is that God sends blessings to others through you. When you're generous, God does that. He sends blessings to you. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you a channel or are you a dam? Let's talk about the difference for a second, right? Like a channel is a body of water that uh, a water flows through, right? Like it is typically set up to distribute water from one larger body of water to another body of water, right? Like it is a channel and that water flows from one body of water to the next. That is a picture of who some of us are, right? And then there is a dam, right? You know what a dam is. A dam is effectively like what um, maintains a reservoir of water, right? Like there is no water getting out. Water comes in, but it is meant, that dam is meant to be there to keep water from getting out, breaching into another body of water or onto land that is beyond that dam. I want to ask you just that simple question this morning. Are you a channel or are you a dam when it comes to money? Can God send blessings through you to other people or are you a dam? And God knows that anything he sends to you will never go through you because you are living a no cobs kind of life. You want to keep everything that comes in. Let me say this to you with all sincerity. Sometimes God won't send it to you because he can't get it through you. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Verse 11, key verse, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. God sends blessings through you. Once again, sometimes he won't send it through you, to you, because he can't get it through you. Let me say to you also, what happens is that God is glorified when you, when you give. God is glorified. Um, I, I'm not a singer. I, I don't, it's just, I, I try to stay in the pocket and do what, what, I, what I do. I preach. I teach when it comes to church like that. That's my function in the church space. I preach, I teach, I innovate, I lead, I don't sing. I'm not a uh, musician. Like you won't catch me trying to like play around in those spaces. I let the people that are great at that do those things that they are, are great at. But, but what I have learned though is, is even though I'm not a singer, like I can be a worship leader. Let me tell you how, how I can be a worship leader. I, I can be a worship leader through my generosity, right? 
Through being generous, I can affect, affect and invoke praise toward God in other people as they celebrate God and are thankful to God because of the generosity that has overflowed to them. Look at the text. It says, and when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Verse 12 says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. That's what I mean right there in the text, right? Like, as a result of the giving, as a result of the generosity, we lead other people to thanking God, to celebrating God. If you want to be a praise leader, if you want to evoke praise to God in other people, just try being generous. Try giving money. Let me say to you, finally, what happens when we are generous, what happens when we give money is that the gospel is evidenced. The gospel is evidenced. For your generosity to them and to all believers, watch this, right in the text, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Yeah. You want to prove the truth of the gospel? You want to be an apologist? You want to evangelize? Be radically generous because of the inexpressible gift of God to you. Try that. While the rest of the world is out there being selfish, while the rest of the world is out there centered on themselves, you are the one that are willing to be generous deeply. That evidences the gospel. It causes people to raise the question, why? Why is this person so generous? Why is that person so generous? Why is that community of people called City Point Community Church, why are they so generous? What animates them? What causes them to do this? What, what makes them respond this kind of way in the midst of generosity? What, watch this. What made y'all give to the City Point Community Fund in the midst of a pandemic, like in the beginning of it, when most people didn't even know whether or not they were going to have a job or not in 30 days, and y'all broke out in generosity? What animated you that way? The answer is Jesus Christ. It is because of the unselfishness of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross. It is the unselfishness of God that he so loved the world and so loved all of us that he, watch this, gave that you give. That, that, that is the full circle of Christianity. God gave, so we give. God keeps giving, so we keep giving. God is generous in his grace. God is generous in his mercy toward us. So because of that, we are generous in our mercy. We are generous in our grace. We are generous in our giving because of the God that we serve and how he has modeled it for us. Let me say to you all that your life pursuits cannot simply be about how much you can get. I, I know we have spent time during this series, and, and I have been pushing you that, yes, you can build wealth. Yes, if you want to put yourself in a better predicament financially, yes, you can do that. And I believe that wholeheartedly, and I want you to have that. But it cannot all just stop there. Some of us want to get money just so we can go to our next high school reunion so we can flex on them fools. So some of us just want to build wealth, right, so that we can post stuff on Instagram so our ex um, believes that it was like the wrong decision for them to leave us. 
Some of us want to get wealth for the wrong reasons, to affirm ourselves, to be able to look down on other people, to fill in some void that is within us. All kinds of reasons people want to get wealth, but let me tell you, your pursuit cannot simply only be about how much you can acquire and accumulate. It should be how much, how much can I give. I don't want to just be a millionaire. I, I want to be able to give a million. Right? Th- those, are, those, are like, those are hashtag goals for me. It's not when I get my first million, when I give my first million. That, 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 that is what I want to celebrate. That is what I want to post on Instagram is that not, not, that, not that I am worth a million, but that I gave away a million. Can that be our heart? Can that be our pursuit? Not how much we can get, but how much, how much can we give away? I want to pose this question to those of you who want to be rich, those of you who want to be wealthy. Why? Why? What are you going to do with it? I said to you a couple of weeks ago that if you want to become a millionaire, like for many of you, like you can do that. It is going to take some hustle, some grit, some sacrifice, but you can get there. But let me say this, ask this question to you as well. Why? And what are you going to do when you get there? Are you going to be more generous than you have ever been before? Or are we going to still be having these conversations about tithing as millionaire you? Are you, when you become a millionaire, are you going to be generous? In what way will kids in Chicago's lives be different when you become a millionaire? In, in what way will people in your family's lives be different when you become a millionaire? In what way will anything be affected aside from the economy through your consumption? In what ways will anything be different when you become a millionaire? You want to become rich for what? It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. So our cash rules are all money ain't your money and and stack money and get money. But don't forget the most important rule, rule number four, give money. That is the proper end of this whole thing. We do all of this stuff. At the end of the day, we want to be able to We want to be able to give money. I close y'all with this. Probably by the time you hear this sermon, there might be 400,000 people dead of COVID. We've lost so many people over the last 12 months in our country. So many people and so many people worldwide. I have seen uh, documentaries and news exposés about the lives that are lost and I have seen uh, them on like the overwhelm on the funeral homes and even some images of funeral services. You know what I have not seen in any of those funeral services or the processions that have been shown? I never seen like um, a Brinks truck in the procession. I've never seen like maybe like, I don't know, like a flatbed truck with like an ATM on it following the procession. I've never seen that. There is a lot of aggregate wealth that people who have passed away have had, but they could not take any of that with them. Y'all, if we stick by these principles that we've been talking about, We're going to get plenty of money, stacks of it. 
My question is, what are we going to do with it? Time is short. We ain't going to be here forever. What are we going to do with it when we get this money? Are we simply getting it so that we can flash it, so that we can affirm ourselves, or are we getting it so we can give it? My, my prayer is that God is able to function with us as channels where he gets it to us, and as he gets it to us, we're giving it. And he gives us more, and we're giving more. And you look up and the stack stays big, but we just keep, keep giving away more of it. That is what God has called us to do. Not just get money, but to give money. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for challenging us to give money. To not let money be a stronghold in our lives. To not be captured, to not be bound by it but to use it as a tool to bring glory to your name, to evidence the gospel, to help people understand that what we say is what we mean as it relates to the gospel, and that we are obedient to your word. Lord, help us use money to do all of those things. I pray, God, that you will build in us a true movement of Jesus and justice lovers who put their money where their heart is. I pray, God, that as a result of us getting money, as us moneying up, that we will be able to combat those forces that leverage their money to come up against the kingdom of God. We can only do that if we are generous. Give us that heart, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, that's the word for today, y'all. Peace. Yo, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ for salvation, today is the perfect day to do it. We are accepting the fact that on our best day, we simply come up short like we are sinners. That just is what it is, me included. But what God has offered us through Jesus is a path to salvation through repenting of our sins and by believing that Jesus Christ really did live, lived the sinless life, died as a martyr on the cross, but he rose again on the third day because death has no power and no hold on him. If you can repent of your sins, which means to turn away from your sins, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it does mean that, like, I'm trying to aim in the right direction. If you can repent of your sins, um, believe in Jesus Christ, and make him the Lord, the boss, the manager of your life, try to live according to his rules, his word, you, my brother, my sister, can be saved. If you are joining the kingdom of God, right, like you are ready to give up the kingdom of this world, the empire of this world, and begin to rock out with this other empire where God reigns and Jesus Christ is supreme, then I invite you to jump down with us here at City Point. If you're looking to do that, you can just text to the number 64600 the word membership, and a member from our dope, amazing team will follow up with you to talk to you about next steps. Also, if you desire membership here, you're not accepting Christ for the first time, but you're already in the body of Christ, but you just need a new tribe to rock out with, we want to invite you to a tribe called City Point where you can rock out and do life. If you're looking to do that, again, text to the number 64600, text the word membership uh, to that number. And then finally, if you desire prayer about anything, you can go to our website, citypointcc.org, and there is a membership page that, I'm sorry, there is a prayer page there where you can um, submit your prayer requests. And a member from our team will follow up with you to let you know that we are praying for you and that we receive your requests.
Hey, y'all, it is a wrap. That is a wrap. Thank you all so much for joining with us today, for rocking out with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were right here in the space streaming service with us. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you haven't already, make sure that you share out this stream. You never know who in your network will be blessed by what you heard today. So do me a favor, share this out, subscribe so that you get notified every time we do a live. And then also, if you are uh, looking to become a part of a community, we would love to have you here at the dopest church on the planet. I'm going to pray, and then I will see y'all at 22 Tuesdays as we pray and fast for God to release resources. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for all that we experienced today. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will make this word and all that happened during this service resound in our hearts and minds throughout the entire week. Keep us, protect us, bless us as we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, y'all, love y'all. See y'all 22 Tuesdays. Peace.